Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland International and adopted Frenchman, Johnny BT. And we're going to be joined shortly by Italy International, Michele Campagnaro, to chat about France-Italy as well. Where are we at now, though, Johnny? France had a week off last week in their schedule, so we sort of mirrored them, did the same. But it's hectic, isn't it? I don't know what day it is. Fill me in. What have you been up to? Where have you been? You're at home now, though, yeah? I'm at home. I think it's for about 39 hours and then I'm back <laughs> out again. Um, mate, it has been hectic and that's it. I think the players think that they have it hard, but try keeping up this type of rhythm, mate. It's <laughs> You're getting to the stage of hallucinating. Don't know what day it is. Don't know who your mates are. Don't know what town you're in. They don't know they're born. They have one game a week. Their schedule's easy. Lazy. That's what they are. They're lazy. <laughs> Oh, mate, it's, it's, it's epic. It's rumbling on, isn't it? And and for you and me, like you're in the thick of it with ITV and production and everything behind the scenes. I'm here, there and everywhere trying to do a bit of social, but not really getting too much social in. Managed to get to South Africa Tonga for a bit of corporate, a bit of hospitality, a bit of relaxation, which was cool. And then with the sort of world rugby content studios, there's just like a churn of programs that are getting blasted out. So between commentary following various different teams, following the Scotland team as well. Then Monday, where was I? I was in Marseille. We recorded three different shows. We did a thing called Beyond 80, where you pick apart and debrief or preview like proper geeky style stuff, the sort of detail and technical aspects of how Scotland, Ireland might go at the weekend. So we did that. Then I did the official World Rugby podcast with Asahi, with Gethin Jones, Andrew Mertens, Justin Marshall, Shock Brits. And then we did After Hours as well, um, another one in the evening. So... That one, you can have a few beers, which is quite good fun to enjoy a podcast and actually drink on it, which we should probably adopt at some point, mate. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but all that stuff is for Rugby Pass TV, um, then the games and commentary. And then like by the time you travel back home, mate, it's, it's time to get your bags packed, do what washing you can, and then get back out of the house. So I've been back for 36 hours. My flight goes to Paris tomorrow for the Scotland-Ireland game, which I'm looking forward to as well. But yeah, it's non-stop, mate. It might cool down a little bit after the pool stages for both of us, but it's been it's been absolutely hectic, but class. Don't try and play the common man. I'm sure you have people to do your washing for you. Are you joking me? <laughs> I, get, I get back and the kids are basically just thrown at me like, deal with these. Which is as fair. It should be. I, I, after three weeks, you can tell that it's getting difficult at home. We will come to your nausea analysis, as you put it, of Ireland, Scotland later and where you're this weekend. But one topic of conversation is kind of dominated the World Cup for the past couple of weeks, which is obviously Antoine Dupont, presumably mm. in France, 
more than elsewhere, but it's just been everywhere. I mean, people have learned the scientific term for a fractured cheekbone. He is meeting a surgeon on Monday. He's not playing against Italy. And then they're going to decide his return date. But he's going to play in a quarterfinal, isn't he? Well, like you said, he needs to wait to Monday to get the all clear. His head, what protection, if he's going to wear protection, how he's feeling, how training's going. We, we don't know those bits, right? Only he can can have that feel. But mate, it's been absolutely everywhere. You just get a feel now for how big a part he is of this French squad, but of the World Cup, like how important he is because he's, he's the world's best player, right? So everyone's clamoring and desperate for him to be involved. And obviously I'm right there too. I want to see him succeed, want him to do really well. You just don't want it to be to further detriment to his health. Like that's the the bottom line. And everyone's got their examples of people they played with that club. You've got Brad Barrett that broke his cheekbone and yep. one of the boys that was shocked Brits was saying, you know, three days later he was ready to play. But each of these different injuries is different, right? So you just have to hope that he takes it in his time. He comes back when he's ready. If that is for the quarterfinals, superb. And yeah, you just got to hope that he comes back and mentally and physically he's good enough to perform. Because we in England have had different sport. Obviously, you've got Beckham, Rooney, Metatarsal ahead of a World Cup. This is a rugby, which is obviously not as big as football, but it's massive in France at the moment. It's a home World Cup. And as you say, he's the world's best player. So give us a sense of how big it is in France. Because you say it's it's massive globally, but obviously sometimes we can get carried away when we're in the rugby bubble, but it's huge, presumably nationally in France. Well, you always notice when somebody skips from the sports pages to the front pages, and normally it's for the wrong reasons or for bad mm. reasons. But this is a sort of desire for the whole country, for him to be there. They, they want him and they need him to be part of the side. So he's gone from filling the back pages, and he's obviously been the face of the World Cup, right? He's the face of Apple. He's the face of various different things across France at the minute. But I think that's the big point. When you go from being in the back pages, and it's about you know how well did they play, how well Toulouse going in the French team, to this is a matter of national importance. Um, I think that's where you get a real sense of the whole country wanting this boy to get back safely and lead them in a World Cup. Obviously, Charles Olivon is going to come in and lead this weekend against Italy, but like the whole of France, every single news cycle, everywhere you turn on the news, every newspaper you pick up, it's about Anton Dupont and how quickly he can get back. And very briefly on the Namibia game, which was ages ago, doesn't only feel like ages ago, it was ages ago, and it was clearly dominated by the Dupont injury, but it was France's biggest ever win we know about Namibia. We had Puff on the podcast. We chatted about the game. Bless we laughed him. about it a little bit. But given the side that France put out, the opposition, give us an insight into how impressed you were in terms of the way they approached it, I suppose. Well, firstly, I was there in the stadium, right? So the atmosphere, the noise, the French fans, the belief, it was like ravenous, right? It was honestly much lesser capacity than Stade de France. But what a place to watch a game of rugby, like south of France, great stadium, wonderful view. And then you had the French side putting on an absolute show, which just whipped up the French rugby public into a frenzy. So, I mean, yes, there was a massive golfing class. We knew that. You had Namibia, who have half their side as semi-pro or amateur. Um, but what I loved was just the sort of clinical, brutal nature of they executed everything. Like they just... Nothing went wrong. The technical ability was just insane. Like everything stuck. Every pass stuck, every offload, every three on two, every counter ruck, everything they tried worked. And they absolutely blitzed Namibia off the park. Like it wasn't in parts, it was weird. It wasn't enjoyable to watch 
from a sort of neutral perspective. It was so one-sided, but like a massive appreciation for how they play, how they go about their business, the level of detail into what they do, then the skill to execute it all. Like it was really, really impressive. And, and at that stage as well, all you can do is like, we were just stood back and you just clap. I mean, you just have to admire the skill level these boys have. And there's a huge golf. Right. We had a week off like France did. So I suppose you could pick that Namibia walloping, but we should find out what your meter moment of the past week or two is. Um, It's a weird one, mate. I'm going to give it to a mate. It could have been France sticking 90 plus on Namibia. Damian Penno equaled Philippe Saint-André's record of 12 tries in a calendar year as well. He's now only behind Serge Blanco, Vincent Clair. I think he went past Philippe Saint-André as well. Yeah, he's one behind Clair, yeah. Blanco 38, Vincent Clair 34 and him 33, I think. As a team, they were exceptional. Weirdly, I went to another game in Marseille again because all the filming we're doing is out of the studio and a villa we got down there. And I went to South Africa against Tonga, took a few people down, Warren Britz, who used to play for the Springboks, Bobby Skinstad, a few different boys. But weirdly, the boy that stood out for me and he was phenomenal before against Scotland as well was Big Ben Tamifuna. Yes. Like running them in against Scotland from the 22, he got another dot again against the South Africans and absolutely reveled in the physicality. Like you got athletes and then you got Big Ben. He was absolutely monstrous. And possibly the best bit of that game was the ovation that he got from the neutrals in the crowd and from the South Africans as he left as captain and he got substituted. One of those things as a player, he will never, ever forget that. Obviously swapping his jersey with Sia Khaleesi as well after the game, but all-round performance, scrummaging, pegging back the spring box, his carrying, his defense, his competing on the deck as well. Uh, he was an absolute monster. And I just loved that moment when he came off the field and he got a standing ovation. Pretty special day for him. He had his kid there as well, bumped into the reception in the hotel before the game. So nice family day out for the Tamifuna family. And yeah, just pumped for him that he had that level of performance against the reigning world champions. So the meter moment of the weekend is for Big Ben. There we go. Big Ben gets Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer. Recently making over 20 million cooks better with their game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan. And you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can get 10% off any full price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10, and you'll get 10% off any full price item at meter.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's get into the France-Italy game now then, and we can have a chat with former Italy centre Michele Campagnaro. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Thank you for having me, of course. We'll come on to the game in a second, but you've been playing in Pro de Deux for Colomier for the past couple of seasons. So fill us in. How are things? Where are you? We up to? Yeah, no, you know, it's been good. It's been definitely different from uh, the Premiership and, you know, English rugby. Weather and food-wise was amazing, of course. But, um, yeah, no, after, like, uh, the experience uh, in, in uh, at Harlequins and, and my injuries... Uh, I felt like, you know, I, I needed a little bit more of a break and and, and and France has been great for this and and now like I'm I'm still here but I'm I'm, I'm I haven't got a contract at the moment so I'm kind of waiting around but still enjoying French lifestyle and 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 the system as well. Mate, you're still young. I was going to say you're a lot younger than I am. How old are you? Uh just turned 30, so yeah. So plenty of left. And there's loads of coaches listen to this podcast. This is the best <laughs> oh, shop window. And there's a coaching change at Italy after this World Cup. So former yeah. is probably a rubbish intro, Michele. It's not former at all. You are Italy centre, Michele. Oh, well, you know, I think uh I don't know. After the after this year it's been it's been a bit difficult. But I I did uh, kind of tried and I had the opportunity to go back in camp with the boys like uh, back in November last year. And it, it was good. The group like changed a lot. Um, but then, unfortunately, I didn't have any opportunity to kind of prove myself again. So then, you know, like after, if you I said if he was in the World Cup, I, I doubt it's going to be ever again. But, you know, you never know, I guess. And we were just talking off air. You are moving house this weekend. You're happy in France, obviously. You, you're moving. Yeah. You, you've said you're, you're kind of waiting for the next opportunity. But you're committing to France. Yeah, French rugby is great. But then, what I think, especially under the you know rugby players' perspective, like is also great in France is how they look after you after rugby or like if you don't have a contract, like let's say all the boys they got you know let go from clubs and and like especially with the madness with the clubs in England, you still you know allowed to you know have some income every month and like you know the the the, the kind of player association as well helps you a lot if you want to you know pursue anything else there's no rugby so that's a big reason why you know we decide for the moment to stay here at least for the next few years and that's a big one to pick up on tim because i don't think people outside of france know what that is so when you finish playing rugby for instance in the premiership if you get let go or you end a contract or the club goes bust the next month you still have to pay your mortgage right you yeah. still have bills coming out but because something goes bust and it folds you're pretty much left holding your nuts like there's nowhere else to go whereas in france they have a system called chomage which means you get two years of benefit which is like a decent level so if you finish a contract or something happens to a club or something folds or even injury 
the state takes over and looks after you for two years, which is why, like as McKaylee said, it's such a nice place to finish. That's why so many people choose to come over here and finish their contracts and finish playing because, yes, A, the lifestyle, the quality of rugby, the people, but also there's that little bit of a cushion at the end where you have a little bit of time to make your step, next decision, what do you want to do? Do you want to go into a different business? Do you want to try and keep playing? You have a little bit of a buffer financially, which really helps. So, mate, I hear you. Absolutely. It's an incredible thing to have. And aside from all that, you're moving next door to Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's, it's kind of unbelievable. What a coincidence. But yes, you know, we're moving uh, like close to the coast. Like I'm a big fan of uh, the ocean and nature. And that's like a, a great place to be. And there's a lot, a lot of foreigners down there as well. So... I guess it's going to make a meet us in a coffee shop or something at some point. Mate, you'd be coming around to the house. You're going coffee shop. You'd come around and say hello. So this is like for everyone that's listening into this, I still don't know if Michele's taking the piss or not, but I, I live in a village between Hossegore and Biritz on the southwest coast called La Ben. And it's this stunning little village, 5,000 people, five minutes from the ocean. And we were just talking before we came and started the pod, oh, what are you doing? Where are you going next after Colombia? And he's like, I'm moving to this village called La Ben. Nobody else lives in La Bear. This is incredible. So, uh, mate, how did you choose this place? Obviously, the Southwest. I know why you chose to come over here and be by the ocean, but how yeah. did you stumble across La Bear? Well, honestly, like we were, um, we were that like, we we can't we come there often, like just for holidays. But um, last June, with the with the newborn, we we're like you know just let's get like a house there for like a month. So we stayed there over the month of June, and you know we visit all the places and. Since then, we've been like four months on like website to find houses, but it's like impossible down there to find anything that you to buy or to like even to rent like over the year is is just crazy. But eventually, like it was like two weeks ago, this house came up on like it's like Le Bon Coin, it's like a eBay kind of sort of a website where you like you can like list your house and we found this house in La Ben and we visited La Ben before and we're like it's great because it's between the London and the Paris Basque so like it's a it's a great place to be and happy to have already someone that I know down there Johnny's never there at the moment anyway but you'll see his kids knocking about if you're free for school pickups that'd actually be great timing <laughs> honestly I'm on daddy duties at the moment like you know that's what I do because my wife went back to work I'm just like looking after the baby every day I'm I'm already like trained and on to the rugby, Michele, because you played in the last couple of World Cups for Italy. So yeah. you mentioned you've been in camp not long ago. How are you as a watcher? Are you a frustrated watcher or are you kind of enjoying watching on from the outside? Um, no, I don't think I like, I always, of course, like, like and, and enjoy like watching Italy, but watching like, you know, World Cup and, and rugby in general. It's been exciting, I don't know, to watch Italy under some point of view, also like kind of frustrating. So a part of me still like wish I was there kind of thing you know like and it's kind of, of hard sometimes because I know like I, I mean I age and you know prime where like I, I could still you know be there but you know like it's, it wasn't meant to be and it's fine but you know it's it's still good to like see uh, a lot of my friends and and then like how also like uh, France organized these uh, these events it's been it's been it's been really good to be fair so mate can you take us back over the past few years because a bit of time away you've been in the premiership a big knee injury as well after the 2019 world cup and so have there been conversations you mentioned you've been in camp but what did that look like were you in participating were you training or were you in just seeing people yeah no i was um i think in the beginning i wasn't like selected and like they, they someone got injured so they called me into camp like it was the last november 
so I was selected. I was in camp for like uh, the November tour where uh, we played Samoa, uh, Australia, and, and South Africa. Uh, is when we also Italy won against you know like Australia. So it was a it was a couple of weeks that was nice to be involved in in the squad. But I was twenty four men. I never like made the, the twenty three. It was also like a different way of approaching and playing rugby that it was before. But it's it worked in 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 some some way in some matches and didn't in others. And talk to us about how things are going for Italy at this World Cup, then, Michele, because they did what they had to against Uruguay and Namibia, but that result against New Zealand must have shocked you and all of Italian rugby. Yeah, for sure. Like you know, and I can only speak with a. Uh, uh, supporter of fan like uh, ex rugby player eyes, you know. Um, but even Uruguay, the first half didn't really uh, convince in a way. And I don't want to sound negative, you know. But uh, Uruguay is definitely like a team that is progressing and is they're following the kind of the Argentinian path at the moment. And um, you know that first half was kind of concerning. Then you know. They came out strong and they won like easily the, the second half. But um, yeah, like the performance against uh, the All Blacks was just, um, it was very strange under like on point of view because with all the confidence that they arrived um, on that game, for sure it came to a shock to them. I don't know if I was shocked. I think, uh, you know, like I think in a way they definitely underestimate the All Blacks and, and kind of like, being a little bit too arrogant on on what they've been talking during the week and uh, about like they can beat them 100 percent and all these kind of talks that yeah definitely can put some pressure on them. But you know, after nearly conceding 100 points, now going on to take on the French, how big of a psychological knock do you think that'll be to the Italian boys? Will they be ready to take on the French? I think they are definitely um, trying to leave last week behind and like only focus on what is this week and going in with you know confidence on what they they've built in the next in the last couple of years i'm not sure that they can do that uh, completely like you know not especially if like, after five minutes the french score a try or like you know like put in a scenario where like you suddenly think oh you know god is gonna be the same you know this weekend so like um, I hope they 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 really do that and they they forget about last week and they try really like to just um go back on what they good at and like you know mentally be ready for like a like a big battle especially physically against against the French. And you mentioned you were in camp when Italy beat the Wallabies earlier that year. They beat Wales. Finally got the Six Nations monkey off their back. So since then this year have things gone backwards or not do you think listen like and i, I don't want to be negative but the spring the the wallaby side you know everybody know knew that you know it wasn't what the wallabies were like you know four years ago three years ago uh and that is not like taking any credit of you know the performance that italy put on the day which was definitely a good performance that deserved you know deserved the win but i think after that in my eye, like every game is different, and in and in every game you need to change something. And the approach that you have, you can't, you know, you can't win against South Africa the week after doing the same thing that you did against Australia the week before. And you know, last week was the same. You can't like 
you know, play against All Blacks like you play against Uruguay. And there, I haven't seen a lot of changes. Like, and it's definitely like an exciting side. They like play the ball a lot, and you know, is kind of fearless and and wants to you know play a good rugby. But you know, sometimes you can't do that against teams that are better than you. And probably like a an approach that is more like like Borthwick, you know, England, like pressure rugby. You know, like you 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 don't have to make mistakes in your half because you know that every time you make one mistake is seven points. That I didn't see that, and so like I'm not sure, you know, if the project was like, you know, we need to play as much rugby to then get here to be more confident. But then, yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen that kind of adjustments, the like high level side, you know, have week after week. Yeah, Johnny, we see the way Italy have evolved and improved their game, and they're definitely fun to watch, but. Fastest ruck speed at this World Cup was the same in the Six Nations as well. They barely kicked the ball. You can both answer this, but is it a bit naive at times, certainly against the All Blacks, and if they try and do the same thing against France this week? Like I almost felt a little bit sorry for Italy. So there's even points where games that I watch them, and you have to like you have an appreciation that they're trying to play out their 22, but then there's a handling error. They lose the ball in the 22, and they can see the opposition scores a try. And you're like, you've just handed that to them on a plate. So... There's bits of it where like, okay, I appreciate the reckless abandon, but it isn't barbarians rugby, it's test match rugby, right? So you want them to be set up to be as competitive as possible, to make it as difficult as possible for the opposition. And there's just sometimes I think they're trying to do too much or they're overplaying their hand and they shoot themselves in the foot. And the best team in the world can try and play at their 22, but eight times out of 10, you don't really go anywhere. Um yeah. So it's all it's almost like for show sometimes, I think. And there was points during the Six Nations where I genuinely felt if Italy played the type of rugby that they showed when they were fresh and in the right areas of the field, they'd ask real questions and they could break defenses down. But when you're trying to do that from your own 22, A, physically is impossible. And if you knock on the ball, you make it too easy for the opposition. So I almost felt sorry for them. So I would love to see that extra layer of maturity in that they are pragmatic like every other major nation. Now, look at France and how they've gone from being this French flair all-passing game historically to now they don't play anything. They kick the most out of their third, right? They're the most pragmatic team in world rugby apart uh, just behind the All Blacks. And I'd love to see that bit yeah, come into Italy as well and make them tougher to break down. 100% is put on like, is something like that also we do have you know, Garbisi, we have Alan that they are, you know, left foot, right foot, like kickers, they actually can put you down in in their half. And, and, but is the maturity, as you said, to understand when to play, where to play that I think we've been missing a little bit. Um, and uh, I'm sure, you know, if they review the match, like they, they, they can see that and maybe adjust to France because, you know, we all know that, French, you know, set pieces is really strong to be. And then, you know, if you give them all this opportunity in your, you know, in your 22 in your half, it's going to be like, you know, another long day at the office. But um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's definitely something that they, they need to adjust. One change that is coming in is the arrival of Gonzalo Quesada from Stade Francais. Yeah. And like internally, obviously, we're all on our WhatsApp groups, we have our mates. Like, what's the reaction been to Gonzalo Quesada coming in and becoming the new head coach of Italy? Came to a bit of a shock, I think, to players because they, I, I know for sure that they, the players that are in camp, they've been selected. They all like a lot, like Kieran and 
he he brought a lot of, like freshness and like new ideas and and he's done pretty well so like uh, i bet a lot of people would have loved to see uh him in the next four years cycle like what he could have you know brought to the italian side but yeah no like i i i'm not sure what they they expect from from gonzalo i'm sure like is him being in europe in 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 france for um a lot of years and in, in like uh, you know a super high level club like he can bring a lot of, like again different ideas he just like you you almost don't want the consistency like that you want to you don't want to change too often because you know it's true like uh yeah kieran brought the changes and then like you know hopefully that, that you do need uh, time to adjust to a new coach and like a new uh, way of rugby. Do you think that could have potentially been a negative effect on the players then? The fact that they enjoyed Crowley, they didn't expect him to go and all of a sudden it was announced he was leaving at the end of the cycle. Would that have been a negative psychological impact on the boys? Could be. Uh, could be. Uh, but again, like I uh, I spoke with a few of them at the moment. Like uh, it's not that uh, I, I've asked them the question, especially because they're you know, they're still under Kieran and they, I bet they want to perform and what is going to be from after the World Cup, uh, you know, we, we we will see. But um, in, I don't know, at the same time, like Gonzalo, he also, I think, will speak Italian and we do have a lot of Argentinians in the team and like it will bring a definitely a more Latin side and in, in, the, in, the, in the squad and I think we are more like an Argentinian side than like a New Zealand or like a English side in the way that Italians are. And so, you know, maybe like that will work well with the players and, you know, there's going to be a great feeling, which I really hope. And Johnny, you've watched Gonzalo Casada's sides in the top 14 for a while now. We've chatted about how in his final season at Stade Francais, he obviously did an incredible job and a very difficult circumstances knowing that he was going out the door so what should Italy expect when he does come in I know we're throwing ahead and we're going to go back to talking about this World Cup in a minute but is he going to be the same kind of coach as Kieran Crowley or is it going to be is that why they brought him in maybe he's going to make those adjustments and we're going to see a different style of rugby everybody that comes across Gonzalo absolutely loves him really good purple people person really well received by all players and he's also had, you got to remember, international experience now with France. He was French assistant coach. He's been with Argentina. He's been with Jaguares. And he's been the head coach of Stade Francais twice. So big CV, bags of experience, and resoundly loved by everyone he's worked with. So that's the big first positive. I think there might be a change in style in the Stade Francais, again, it was kind of renowned for, we have to play this exciting really fast brand of rugby because we're in a town like Paris and we're competing with the Moulin Rouge and the theatre and there's so much to do that we have to draw people in. It might be that he comes with a different brand of rugby to Italy. There might be that slightly more pragmatic approach, but then he clearly has the attack approach, which is detailed and unlocks defences. That's what he's been renowned for over the past 10, 15 years. So but I think he'll be really good. I'm looking forward to him. His first shot as a head coach in the international stage as well. He's an Argentinian that knows France inside out, speaks Italian, and can tap into that sort of Latin love that everyone talks about. You've got that Latin way of thinking, feeling, going about your business. So what will that be like to have him lead 
And how much will he know? Because there's a huge rivalry between France, Italy and Argentinians, that, those types of teams. So how good will that be having a guy with that CV come into lead? I think it'll be very good. And we, as Italians, like we are very close to Argentinians. And there's, as you said, like, is a people person like, and that I think does make a difference, especially um, at this level, like knowing that, you know, uh, you have a coach that understands you that, you know, can, um, you know, speak to you and like they create, they can create that culture in the team that I think we need as well. Um, is especially, I think, in the Six Nation is definitely like gonna uh, bring a lot, um, of, you know, ideas and, and knowledge because his experience and, and yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm excited to see. Uh, what, what, where they bring bring Italy, but I think I think it's going to be a good change. Yeah, that for sure. Mate, you've been involved in some massive games with Italy and France in previous years during Six Nations and big comps. But there's a genuine rivalry there that's very apparent. Traditionally, there's been loads of players, Italians playing the top fourteen, but it's been so close and so tightly fought. Like, how do you explain that tension when everyone looks forward to this game? I don't know. Like it. We yeah, we always like I don't know. There's always a rivalry in I think in in the, in the French culture and Italian culture, and they're not just rugby, you know, like uh, culinary and like you know play who, who is best to have the best wine and you know like who does thing better, right? And and I think it's just because we are so close as as a as culture, and they of of course they will go into rugby as well. But from our side, you know, we know that they always like you know better like more money more uh th th everything is is better here so we kind of like you know we want to show them that you know we are like the little you know cousin that uh we we want to be better than them you know uh and there's definitely like big rivalry between between the two teams and that's why i think it's it's always our odd game to understand the result because uh yeah like you know france is way way better i'm saying is really good at the moment, you know, they're the favorite and um everyone will expect them of course to do like they did with the with Namibia. But I think, you know, it could be could be different uh result um because of this rivalry that we have with them. So come on then Michele, let's not beat around the bush. Forget Kieran Crowley, forget Gonzalo Casada, you are coach of the Italy side against France. How are you beating them? Uh, you know, it's, I think it's it comes down with what we said before. Like against the All Blacks, I was really surprised that like the all the physicality that we we, we showed before, like the the kind of like, good defend that we had, like just went missing. Like I seen players like missing tackles, like not even trying almost. Which was like, you know, it's not because it wasn't they weren't trying. It's just because mentally, I think they were and they were shocked. Uh, so we definitely need to bring that kind of like physicality back especially in defense and like try to understand where because we can Italy can hold the ball like for, for for many phases now and they can be dangerous especially when they're in their 22 and they can score points we just need to get there and stay there so like they're kind of like pressure rugby you know it needs to be done but from minute one and then like understand like when to play when to kick and and like if if you like that and you start like you know putting question in their head like it's gonna be a different game but you know if you get if you make 
them abuse you again like especially in defense and then like you you start making mistakes in your 22 and you've suddenly like you know like getting seven points three points especially with ramos that you know never misses is gonna be a different game in terms of selection mate tommy allen and garbisi at 10 and 12 are you enjoying that well i can't say that <laughs> he's changed doesn't he, he keeps flip-flopping he goes with it then he doesn't yeah. go with it so it's almost like he doesn't really know i don't know i don't know i listen i think allen at 10 garbisi at 12 is a, is a good combination especially because Garbiz has been playing in, in top 14 for like now two years and he's been the last season he just played 12. So he's more accustomed probably to like, you know, the French side and like, um, but with Dante at 12, you, you do need like, like someone maybe like more easy that, you know, he's more like, a, you know, back row and, you know, like he, he will stop their momentum. But again, maybe he wants to put Two playmakers because do you want to kick more? I hope so. But that will allow you to have, of course, that kind of like left foot and and and, and right foot option, and you know, hopefully, put more pressure down down there. And we could talk about the coaching changes and what's going to happen after this World Cup. But just assuming that this doesn't go well for Italy, this game and what happens is what people expect to happen. France do win the game; it might be close but Italy go out, France go through. Italy have the second youngest side at this World Cup. We know the under-20s have been doing well. Johnny's spoken about it before. There is positivity regardless, isn't there? Like, ignore the 96 points against the All Blacks. You can feel that this is going in the right direction. And obviously, we don't hear any talk anymore about Italy's place at the top table. Like, the country is going places, isn't it? I think for sure the last two years were like uh, definitely more exciting under the point of view of results. You know, we still like, and I don't want to again like be negative about it. Like we're still like far away from I think, you know, especially after seeing England and then and, and like you know like other reality like France. I think we're still far away from where we need to be, um, especially as a, you know, probably like a federation, as a union, like we do need like a stronger and bigger base to build. Um, but again, like, you know, if it wasn't from last week, probably results, like we will still like speaking about like, you know, that like all the kind of positivity about like the, the Italian side that they were like before the All Blacks. The, as you said, you know, under 20s have been performing like, the best they've ever been and and like you know you have a club like uh, the ben- benetton treviso that you know is competitive like you know like playoff kind of like you know uh, position in in the urc which is you know is not just one year you know like a like a random thing you just in the last like two or three years they've been there they, they they do want to you know get to the playoff and, and achieve something special so there is a lot of positivity and the like, um, you know, s- some side of, of the Italian, of the Italian like rugby. Uh, but again, uh, there's a lot to do. Yeah, for sure. Mate, in the positives, we've got to talk about one man that's been absolutely flying, Ange Capuzzo. Is yeah. he the type of superstar that Italian rugby needs to really kick on? I think for sure. Like, uh, he's been great because like... Uh, you know, he's a lovely guy, of course, and you know, he's an amazing rugby player. 
um, but it did bring a lot like of attention to the Italian rugby, and then it brought a lot like just young players and just even adults to you know get passionate about Italian just because you know this little guy that is like seventy five kilos, you know, he's just like carving up and and doing something that you know not a lot of people can do. So uh, I think he's been great for the the whole movement for sure. We also need to understand that it's still like a team sport, you know, like you, you can't just, you know, relate on one guy or like a couple of guys to to get your performance. But, you know, him individually, I think he's is, is been like a, a really good thing. So come on then, Michele. I assume the players believe, the coaches believe. Do you believe? Can Italy do it? Give us a prediction. Well, you got to believe, you know, but you also need to be realistic, like, you know, there is a chance. I mean, I'll, there's always a chance because, you know, we're talking about rugby and, you know, like they, they're all like kind of like, like, like little finals. If you, you know, if you want, um, it's going to be incredibly hard, you know, like that's, that's, that's the reality. And I think again, like just forget about if you can do it or if you cannot do it, what happened after, just like, you know, from, from my own point of view, just, you know, forget last week or just learn from last week and then approach this week as like you know we're gonna give everything and we're gonna try to enjoy ourselves and like make the most of this incredible experience which is the world cup and you know i'm sure like if you have that approach no matter if you win or you lose you know you're gonna you know come out of the pitch like a little bit better than you did last week and and like you know you can hope and for for the next workout, the next six nation, but you definitely gonna, you know, keep going with a little more like confidence. All I heard was we can we can take fifty points as long as we learn from it, lads. We'll be all right. <laughs> you said I didn't say. Okay, thanks so much for coming on and giving us your insight. More importantly, good luck with the house move this weekend. Johnny will be there with a the coffee after the weekend. Uh, where, where are you this weekend? Uh, I'm going so tomorrow we're going to Paris for Scotland Ireland and then Sunday go to Marseille and then have some programs to record on Monday but I'll be back for one day on Wednesday next week and I'll just tell the missus <laughs> I'm going to my mate Michaeli's house I don't want to see the kids <laughs> see all the excuses that he has we oh. just do not like bring some boxes to know yeah, he can't help you lift any boxes but he'll be there with the red wine on wednesday that's what he 100%. said 100 i'll be there with a piece <laughs> on the red wine mate ah uh, lovely there can't wait also mckaylee we had poff van lil who's about 10 years older than you on last week and he was playing local club rugby near johnny so you and johnny i expect to be turning out together for a bit of training mate, he, he's 30 he's not going local club rugby he's going big uh, club for the mate. time being though he can get you fit with him johnny we go down the local club together I'll see you there, mate. All right, Gonzalo Casada listens to the podcast. He'll be bringing you back into the Italian fold. Thank you, guys. Cheers, Michele. Cheers, mate. Johnny, your new neighbour. Mate, what about that? He's moving <laughs> less than a kilometre from my house. That'll be nice. Another rugby player in the area. Really nice boy as well. And I can't believe he's only 30. Yeah. Like, I remember when he like burst onto the scene, he was absolutely phenomenal. And that's just one of those choices, isn't it? You go away from home, you lose your spot back in your sort of federation... He was great in the Prem as well. Love watching him. And then end up in Colombia. So like 30, there's still loads of time to get himself right, find a decent club, right opportunity. He could easily be playing the next World Cup. Um, but yeah, more importantly, you're right. I found somebody to drink beers with and have barbecues <laughs> with, which is great. Um, another mate. No, another one to welcome to the neighbourhood. Very cool. I sense you're not going to be playing with him at Arsenal. I've tried last week with Path, this week with Michele. It's not happening, is it? 
There is absolutely no... There's not even a chance Poff's playing next year. You're kidding me. Like, he's done his bit. He's got to the World Cup. No, done, mate. Absolutely done. So now red wine. Michaela can teach me how to make pizzas in my new oven. I'll be delighted to do that. No, <laughs> no rugby. Not daft. Let's chat just a tiny little bit more about France because you mentioned Damien Panou earlier on equaling Philippe Saint-André's record of 12 in a calendar year. I mean, not in the form of his life, in the form of almost anyone's life at the moment. He's not far off Joe Rokothaki's record for tries in a calendar year. He is in epic form. On the other wing, are you surprised that Bielbeare is being preferred to Gamon Villiers? And it looks like it's going to stay that way for the knockout game, purely from a almost a defensive point of view, because we know what Gamon Villiers can do yeah. off the ball of the breakdown. No, I'm not. It's a strange one as well, because Gabin Villiers is so good defensively, right? He's so good at jackling. He's so good at blitzing. He's so light on his feet. He's actually decent there for a little fella as well. But the difference is in an attack. And he's just, I think, blown a shot, isn't he? And he's come back into the squad. He's been injured. He's still physically very good, but he almost looks like he's over trying or trying too hard. He's gone into contact. He's knocked on a few balls. Things haven't gone right. So when you have that next to, and we've spoken about Louis in the past few weeks, like I watched him at Caberton. The guy's a freak. He is so good. He's so balanced. He's so fast. You saw the ball skills and the assists at the weekend. Ball behind his back. Really comfortable on the ball. You see also, I'm not sure if you noticed this on the TV, but like we, we talked again, he was clocked at 39 kilometers an hour on the GPS. When they kick off from like restarts, he manages to get to the pod that's catching and jumping for the ball. He's there before the ball's there. So like there's these little things that he brings to the game that nobody else can do. He's just taken his chance, mate. Like he's been fantastic every time. And I know it was Namibia last time out and you have more time on the ball, but he just looks like a very comfortable, very accomplished athlete um, that's a very, very gifted and talented young rugby player. That's not to say he's not going to be the finished article, but at the minute, he's the one sticking his hand up. Gabin Villiers has kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit with the errors. And Biai Barre has been absolutely phenomenal. So it doesn't surprise me. He's the man in form and he's doing it on the biggest stage. We've seen South Africa call up Andre Pollard, Lacanio Am. You've chatted to friend of the show, Paul Willemser, recently. Yeah. Do you think we could see him being called up ahead of the knockout stages or not? Um, well, obviously, Pollard has been as an injury replacement, right? Yeah. So he wasn't initially announced in the squad, but is in because of Malcolm Marks. Um He's obviously going to be huge for them as well because the difference in goal-kicking percentage he offers when compared to Libok. Uh, the difference with the big Polly is they announced right at the start when he got injured he'd be fit for the quarters or semi-stage. He's obviously been running and doing all of his stuff down in Montpellier and followed by the squad, but he needs an injury. Like He wasn't named in the initial squad, so the only chance he's got of participating now is if we see an injury to a Cameron Walkie or a Thibaut Flamand or one of these guys that are first string. So so that's it. Like at the minute, he looks like he's on track to be fit, but he'll be very unmatched fit and he needs an injury to get in. And how is Julien Marchand's hamstring injury? Do we know? Um, this morning they said in French media that he was still another week away, so wasn't fit this week, but potentially would be right for the quarters. It's quite dicey though. Like, mm. having been in this position before, hamstrings, and Big Paulie's been in that position as well, hamstrings aren't the kind of thing you want to be rushing back and going into 
quarter final rugby for it's a big call as well for the French team like if he's back and he's fit I know he's an outstanding leader he's a wonderful rugby player but do you want to stick somebody straight back in if they just come back with a hamstring tear in a quarter final something happens in minute five and then you're down to your replacement straight away it's a tough one I don't know let's have a very quick look ahead to the final weekend of the pool stages then aside from France let's look at some of the other games England Samoa Johnny is that one-way traffic, or can you see anything happening there? Um, I'm trying to think who the last test. I, I watched Samoa play against Japan. That was their last test, I think, that I watched them, and they were still quite poor. Um, I've hoped for loads more for them. Tonga got their best game of the championship in a loss against South Africa, and I hope that for Samoa, knowing a few of the boys that are playing, seeing how boys like Fritz Lee and Jordan Taufu are playing, I just hope the rest of it clicks for them. Um, I don't see that being easy for England, um, but I hope some more raise their game and it's a better game from them. And the massive game in that pool, obviously, Japan-Argentina, essentially winner takes all. Honestly, toss of a coin. You think? No, I, I don't know what you think, but like having watched them, I've seen Argentina be abysmal in that first test against England, be better against Samoa, but I mean, they weren't outrageously good. Japan and fits and starts were great to watch against England, but ran out of steam. I don't know, but it's such a big game for both nations. The winner takes all, takes second spot and goes through. So, yeah, I have no idea. Can't call it. But it's one of those games that as a neutral, I'm really looking forward to watching. And that means so much for the players, so much for the staff, so much for the travelling sport and everyone back home. Um, and that's it. You get to fight for your chance to be in a, a World Cup quarterfinal. Um, obviously, knowing more of the Argentinian boys, I'd love for the RGs to go through. So, slight advantage, Argentina. Yeah, for what it's worth, I think Argentina have too much. They might not have been great, but I think they got too much. Um, Fiji, Portugal. Fiji dominate. Could be great to watch, eh? Like the way they both play. Portugal have been outstanding as well. See hmm. some of the organisation, like you've got Patrice Lagisque, old French coach, you've got David Gerard as well, the big um, former Toulouse second, he's been coaching the forwards, who set up a really nice line-up shift try against Wales early in the comp. Mate, without much firepower, they do a lot, but I just think Fiji have shown that they now have the firepower, they have the carrying, they have the tackle breaking, they have the structures, they have a kicking game, which we've never seen from Fiji. So they've got it all. Um, and it's all on the line for Fiji to make it through to that quarter and dump out the Aussies. So win for Fiji. Right. If you can drill your nausea analysis of Ireland, Scotland down into just, just a few moments, give it to us. What's happening? Ireland are clear favourites. Number one team in the world. Scotland have to play their best 80 minutes of rugby in the past five years to beat them. That means being perfect at line-out time. We were shambolic against the Saffirs. Ireland were shambolic against the Saffirs at line-out time as well, though. Um, all the power plays in the midfield, allowing our back three and Finn time to come onto ball and actually generate stuff. Um, probably the biggest game for the Scottish eight um, that they will have played in. Massive chance to make some memories, create something phenomenal in front of what should be a 50-50 away crowd in Stade de France, a neutral venue. But Ireland are still favourites. If you're Scottish, what's the point in coming if you can't dare to dream and you can't beat them? We've lost the last eight on the trot, I think. Yep. I remember beating them 2010, 2013. We beat them 2017. It's doable. And does Scotland go full thin, all in? 
back him, chuck it everywhere, or do they play more pragmatic? It's interesting, isn't it? Because when you say pragmatic, Tim, like <laughs> what, what do you, like, they're not going to run out the five meter line. They're not stupid. This, this is what we're talking about earlier with where Italy were stupid during the Six Nations and coughed up silly tries. I don't. Scotland aren't going to run out their twenty-two. Like they're going to play the way they try to play, and they're going to try and play the perfect game. I mean, do you mean like are they going to play Hugh Jones or Chris Harris? I suppose that I, I'm talking about game plan rather than selection, but obviously that's a part of it, whether you pick Darcy Graham or Carl Stein, whether you pick Chris Harris or or Hugh Jones. But I suppose it's more, uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a variation rather than like, are they going to change the game plan completely? But I suppose if you allow Finn to play with his head up and chuck the kind of passes, that they're very risky. Or do they predominantly kick in behind a lot more than they normally do and then only play when they're in the final third? To be honest, I think against Ireland, you don't want Ireland having the ball, so you play. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean from your 22, that means from anything from your 40 onwards. Um, but no, I want to see, I'd love to see Hamish Watson back in and play. I don't know how much you mean to him. I'd love to see all the attacking weapons. I'd see Darcy Graham. I'd love to see Duane van der Merv. I'd love to see Hugh Jones. Uh, Chris Harris come off the bench. But you, you have to play. You have to try and score points. You have to beat them by seven or eight points as well. So you can't, go ultra tight and then go down trying by playing super tight rugby. So you have to get out there and score points. So when we say, I don't think there's going to be any difference the way they put There's simple things like I wouldn't kick off the field. I wouldn't give Ireland any structure. I would try and destructure the game and not give them any platform and make it as scrappy as popple and, a popple as possible and as chaotic as possible because that suits us because we're good at regenerating from that type of loose play as well. But then so are Ireland. They're very good. They're number one team in the world, unfortunately. Um, but that was the sort of nature of this pool as we went into it. So huge chance to create a moment in Scottish sport folklore, but Ireland are still favourites. So you're picking Ireland? Fuck no, I'm picking Scotland. <laughs> Come on, Tim. Um, France, Italy. Uh, I'm assuming you think France are going to win, but do you think it's going to be tight or do you think it's going to be quite comfortable in the end? I think it's going to be quite comfortable in the end. I think it's going to be a France bonus point win. Um, Italy were absolutely shambolic last weekend. As Kelly said, they battled against Uruguay for long periods, as did France. And there is the whole Latin temperament and close neighbours. And France are just too well organised at the minute. And I think if they get the bit between their teeth and they show they want a final flourish before the quarters, then they have to go hard. And I think they will. And I think they've got enough firepower to stick four tries on Italy. So bonus point win for France. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to Michaeli for joining us. And thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode ahead of the quarterfinals. Au revoir, Johnny. Cheers, mate. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.